1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: This is how you know I'm 10 years old. Carlin vs. Joe, Sirius XM Channel 80 on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888 A ESPN, 888 729 3776. That is your Dr. Pepper call in number. I want to emphasize this at the beginning before we go any further. This is a completely fake tweet. A fake account in every way, but because it is fake, I was laughing hard just at the name. Of course, we know Jordan Ronan is our Giants insider for ESPN NFL Nation. Does an amazing job as a reporter. So occasionally, you will look up and you will see a tweet from, you know, Adam Shifter or something like that where you get the wrong, you know, they just change a letter or two yes. and they expect you, especially now without the check marks on Twitter uh, for, you know, just reporters and such, that you are getting it from a fake account. So this fake tweet, once again, fake tweet, I emphasize, uh, with Daniel Jones availability and the uh, in question for Sunday and the rest of the season, the Giants are signing Carson Wentz. Now, that is fake that is fake that is not true what is amazing to this is the name that they came up for as opposed to jordan run on now jordan has about four a's in his name actually three so i just oh, what they do add an a or two in there no no jordan run on nuts <laughs> wait what is they they put his name as Jordan Rana Nuts Rana Nuts <laughs> Rana Nuts and you love this I don't know why I mean, because I'm five because of the word nuts I I guess yeah What else probably. could it possibly be What else that could would it be possibly so be So humorous to you I don't know Just the fact that they thought to go instead of just trying to really fool you No 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 Let's just make it Rana Nuts <laughs> I, I like know. it I can get behind it. Are there uh, any Chris Carlin imposters out there? I don't believe so. I, I and if there are, like, not what's enough time that name? for those, huh?
3: Yeah. <laughs> not. En- no one's got enough time to go to that point. Uh, oh the no. The fake Jordan Rana nuts. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely something someone has time for. The fake Chris Carlin, not so much. <laughs>
2: No, no, and and like, what would the fake Chris Carlin be at Fatty McButterpants? You know, <laughs> no, what be, would it be? No, it'd be too obvious. You got to get the name's got to be at least a and, bit- But as long as the name and the picture are there, maybe they don't look. <laughs> you know, that's the whole key. If you can get them not to look at what the handle is, you're in good shape. <laughs> like Chris Cookies and Cream, exactly. You know, I actually that is my Harlem Globetrotter name. Cookies Chris, and cookies and cream well cookies and cream yeah I have Just, a if you were a harlem Glo- globe trotter you'd be cookies and cream i tried out for the Globetrotters trotters for a bit for tv years ago mm-hmm. i can post that if you'd like i can uh, already imagine what it looks like so i'm probably good on the posting but thank you all right well maybe the
3: audience would like to see it chill. did you have <laughs> do you have anything that would even come close to being something that they would be interested in like a, a nice little crossover or a trick
2: shot of me looking silly? No, I of you looking very like in a globetrotter. Of you looking like a globetrotter. Of me looking like a globetrotter. Yes. Uh, I would say that I slapped the floor like Gary Payton. Okay. And and they they dribbled right between my legs. <laughs> so were you and trying out for the Globetrotters or the Washington Generals? The Globetrotters. Yeah. But you were on the other side, which would indicate you being a general. It didn't work. Okay. It didn't work. But I do have a Globe Charter jersey that says cookies and cream.
3: <laughs> it's a good name. It's a really good name. Oregon has uniforms for the Washington game this weekend that looks like cookies and cream. That's why I originally said that, because I just saw the tweet with the picture of the uniforms, and I was thinking, ah, oh, those look like cookies and cream. And now here we are in the lunch hour
2: thinking about cookies and cream. There we go. Nothing says you can't have dessert with lunch. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, SiriusXM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Well, there's been an awful lot of discussion around Robert Kraft, around Bill Belichick, and around what the future holds. And we had Peter King on just a little while ago, football morning in America, NBC sports on the show. And we asked Peter if Robert Kraft would in fact move on from Belichick after the season.
4: The problem is I don't think anybody knows because Robert Kraft doesn't exactly open up to people, to other owners, you know, to other people around the league and say, here's what I'm thinking of. I think he talks to his son, Jonathan, and I don't know that he talks to many other people at all about what his plans are. But, Joe, I do believe that Robert Kraft, although he is very, very, uh, will always feel indebted to Bill Belichick, I don't think that he feels like uh, Bill Belichick's got a job for life. If this year is a debacle, I I won't be surprised if he considers making a change.
2: Listen, I expect it to happen at this point because I just don't see where that wouldn't happen when you're discussing it. Right. How exactly does Bill Belichick at this point with everything that's going on with New England stick around? And Robert Kraft, who has talked about the need to make the playoffs, the need to be winning, the need to be winning now, frankly, with where he is in his life looked at the looked at the shortest path back to the Super Bowl includes Belichick with the way that they have selected coaches and and players really more than anything else Joe do
3: you see it turning around at all before the end of the season because I think we're, we're at a point here entering week six Patriots find themselves three-point dogs at the Raiders I mean the Raiders haven't scored 20 points in a game this season you can't lose that one but you know who would have said they would have had Belichick suffer his worst two losses of his professional career in back-to-back weeks in week four and week five. So is there, do, are we of the belief that this isn't going to turn around at all between now and the end of the season? Because this conversation is only picking up more and more momentum as to what the future is going to hold for New England and then what it holds for Belichick if he's going to coach again.
2: Listen, that is also an incredibly interesting question. Would he go somewhere else to coach again? And we posted to Peter and the take was pretty quick and swift. Oh, I
4: think he would probably want to. I mean, Bill Belichick is, you know, a very young, what is he, 71 now? He's a very young 71. You don't see any sign that, you know, he's looking creaky, he's looking very old. Um, To me, he's 71. I think he's 71. He's 71 going on 58. And so... I'd actually be a little bit surprised if he, at the end of this year, if he leaves New England, if he wouldn't coach again.
2: I find that very, very interesting. Oh, yeah. Where exactly would that be, Joe? So we're going to have several openings,
3: right? You look around, there are possibilities, and then there are ones that seem obvious. Chicago's one that would raise some eyebrows, of course. You work your way around the NFL and, and, and ask yourself, You know, would Tennessee want to make the swap if Vrabel, which you've been pitching for a while and it makes a ton of sense, should Vrabel end up in New England? Does Belichick go down to Tennessee? I got one that comes to mind. I threw it out on Twitter. A lot of people said too cheap, no way. But if you're ever going to spend the money, the Los Angeles Chargers – If they move on from Brandon Staley, Belichick would be the guy. Not only is he a radical departure from Staley, but he comes into a situation where there's already a franchise quarterback. There's already an offense that can score in place. He has struggled with offense post Tom Brady. He struggled with quarterback development post Tom Brady. You don't have to worry about that with the Chargers. You can go there. You have it. You can focus on what you do best, which is where they are weak. Defense. Figure out a way to coach them up. On top of it, for the Chargers who never want to spend any money, go spend the money on Belichick. Because you bring him to town, suddenly the Rams aren't that much better than you. Yeah, they won a Super Bowl a few years ago, and yeah, they own the stadium that you rent. But if Belichick's coaching your squad, that's a formidable, formidable deployment of assets in terms of marketability when it comes to the Chargers. That's something that feels very interesting to me. I don't think the Chargers would spend the money, but good God, if the Chargers were ever going to say, you know what? The era of Charging is done. We are going to go out there and get the most out of Justin Herbert. We're going to turn the page. That would be the guy to come in because the Chargers for two decades have been all about lack of discipline and letting the little details fall between the cracks. Belichick's specialty is not letting the details fall between the cracks.
2: Yeah, yeah, and... Boy, that's inser- that's very very interesting as a spot. That's and, it for me. Let's get lunch. Yeah, I love it. I I look around, and he's gonna want to be in a place where he's set up to be successful. I would think in relative short order. There's nothing about Belichick that has made me think that he is ready to pack it in at any time soon. Like even if he walks away from New England after this year, it feels like in his mind sometimes sometimes it's just time. And let's go somewhere else and give it a shot. But I don't think him going just anywhere else is what would happen. I, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. You got one? Okay. I'm not one? Gonna, I'll on, give me, you one. Let Here me brace comes. myself. Go ahead. How about going back to Cleveland? Interesting. Think about that for a second.
3: Is Stefanski a problem? He won coach of the year. I think Stefanski's actually a pretty decent head coach. There was,
2: there was a lot of feeling that Stefanski might be on the hot seat this season if they're not getting to where they need to get to. And what's Stefanski? He's an offensive coach. If he can't get Deshaun Watson back to what he was, then maybe that's problematic. And maybe Stefanski, with a great defense, finds himself on the outside looking in. Interesting. It's, it was, it's, it's, it's very. To my, interesting. Mind, to my knowledge, it was different ownership uh, the last time around. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it
3: wasn't Haslam
2: back then. Uh, no, because Belichick was there. No, that the, was, that's right. He was there pre. Mid nineties.
3: Haslam came in. I don't know somewhere around 2010-ish, right. I want to say. Don't quote me on that. No, it was, no, it was still
2: there. no. It was still Modell because it was pre move to Baltimore. Right. When he was coaching them. That's, that's one I'll just throw out there. Is there. Would he be a, working with Jim Schwartz? Would Schwartz
3: stay on his D.C.? It feels like if you have the defense figured out in Cleveland and Schwartz is doing a great job, you bring in a defensive mind,
2: do you jam all that up? I think if you're Bill, you do what gets you there fastest. And what Peter was talking about earlier in addition to what we just heard was I'm not handing the keys to Bill. What's your offensive game plan here? Who are you hiring coach-wise? Who's going to be drafting players? These are all very fair comments. And, like, how does Bill feel about all of that right now? That's what I want to know. Does Bill look at it like, man, I've really screwed this up. What happened? Where's wrong with my evaluation? Or these guys just haven't developed, and it's on them, Right. I don't I don't know how Bill thinks about how he's drafted players over the last ten years. Can't feel great about it, but at the no. same time, given his history, when we hear him make that comment, you know what gives fans faith how about the last twenty five years? I'm sure there's there's a large ego involved there. I'll tell you, this could be the story of the off season. It's amazing. And mark my words, Joe. Mark my words. I brought up the Vrabel thing yesterday. You were gonna see it everywhere at the end of next week.
3: Oh, I, I don't doubt that at all. I do not the way the case you laid out for that with him coming back to go
2: into their Hall of Fame, I, I don't doubt that at all. Carla versus Joe, ESPN radio, that that does it for me. Let's get some luck. <laughs> We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. The Patriots look to bounce back Sunday against one of Belichick's former assistants. And, uh, well, history not on Bill's side. It's next. ESPN Radio and the ESPNF
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
5: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different.
0: Pick giant losers. Let's pick
1: some losers.
0: Everybody,
2: everybody, everybody on the planet picks winners, Joe. Everybody does. You know what? It is easy in a lot of ways. Doesn't mean you're going to be right all the time, but it's easy to pick winners. You know what we do? We change the game. That's what we do. We change the game. It is... We pick losers on Carlin versus Joe, on ESPN Radio, on Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance.
3: I'm honestly tired of picking winners. We picked two of them yesterday. We picked the Phillies. We picked the Phillies in the first five innings. Done with winners. Let's do are, losers. Are you ready to pick losers? Let's go.
1: Broncos at Chiefs.
3: Do we actually need to address this one? Does this one really need to be addressed?
1: commanders at Falcons <laughs> Falcons two and a half
2: point favorites <laughs> uh, we know the Broncos are going to lose it's just whether or not they're going to get the backdoor cover right. that's really our concern correct
3: right. there yeah there's your analysis and okay. we picked the Broncos plus the ten and a half in a pizza money segment earlier today so there's your bet but in terms of winning that game no I don't see it happening
2: Falcons two-and-a-half point favorites at home for the Commanders. Uh, For me, I look at this game and I see no reason whatsoever to bet against the Falcons. I can't remember falling out of, not even love, out of, uh, 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 I guess I'd call it being smitten as I was with Washington early in the season, and I'm no longer smitten. I, I have bailed on them completely. And the biggest problem for me is their defense, Joe, has just not nearly been as good as I expected it to be. Give it a Falcons minus the two and a half. This is a tough one, a tough one. So whatever I'm about to say, if
3: you're sitting there looking to tail something, I wouldn't tail this because I don't think I'm going to make a wager on it. I'll pick the Falcons to lose this game. I haven't had a great read on the Falcons, but they're laying two and a half. The commanders have had 10 days to get ready for this game. They're off that humiliating performance. Absolutely humiliating performance against the Chicago Bears. you've gotta figure that there's been some soul searching in that locker room. Much like when we saw that all foot performance from Jacksonville against Houston, they went out the next week and handled their business against Atlanta. I'd bet that the commanders handled their business against the Falcons.
2: Yeah, yeah. I tried. I can't find anything else. Seahawks and Bengals. This is interesting. Seahawks uh, are two-and-a-half-point underdogs in Cincinnati, Joe. Uh, I kind of think that the Bengals are going to lose this game. And the reason being is we're all making this assumption that Joe Burrow is back. That his calf is close to 100% from everything that you read. And maybe this is going to be the start of a run, but I've seen this before. And it's like when you're trying to start the lawnmower and you get it going yeah. after a couple of pulls. And then you're like, all right, we're good. And then next time out, it's like, oh, crap, i got to do this again. It's not going. What's the problem? It fe- right now, for me, it feels that way. Might be different next week. I say Bengals lose.
3: I agree. Bengals are the losers in this game. Seattle wins. Seattle with two weeks to get ready for this game. They're coming off the bye. They're sixth in the NFL in points per game. They have shown the ability to go on the road and win, and they did it against the Detroit Lions back in week two when the Lions had 10 days to get ready for that game coming off the Thursday nighter against Kansas City. Remember, that's the only game the Lions have lost all season when Seattle came into their house. So I like Seattle here. I think the Bengals a bit overvalued based on that win last week. That's the only point spread cover they've had all season was the game against Arizona. Last time we saw them win a the game against the Rams, they got squadooshed, shellacked the following week by Baltimore. I like Seattle in this game. The Bengals lose this one.
2: Vikings at Bears. Vikings, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Chicago. Of course, no Justin Jefferson. Uh, I'm curious as to which, uh, which version of Justin Fields we see this week. The Vikings defense, a little bit better, a little bit better than we have uh, seen certainly the last couple of weeks of what the Bears have faced. That's been absolutely awful. Uh, Is Justin Fields going to be closer to the guy for the last two weeks or closer to the guy for the first couple of weeks of the year? I think the Vikings are going to lose this game in Chicago. So let me see if I got this right. The Vikings stink.
3: They're missing their best player. They're on the road against the Bears team that's had 10 days off and is coming off their first win of the season, and the Vikings are laying two and a half points. Yeah. Huge red flag. Bears lose this game. It would be the most bear thing ever to finally have a huge win, get extra rest, get everyone gassed up, welcome in a banged up bad Minnesota team, and then lose in spite of all of that. So, yeah, I had the Bears losing this game. Saints and Texans. Ugh. Texans, one and a half point favorites against the Saints. This Keep this out like... of the YouTube 4 box. Let me just throw that out there. <laughs> Keep this one as far away from the YouTube 4 box as humanly possible. What's the worst YouTube 4 box you could have this week? It feels like it's I... the Saints every week, does it not? It, it does feel like I that. I do it feels not like...
2: want to be involved with the Saints. It feels like we could get Saints, Texans, Vikings, Bears, Commanders, Falcons all, in the, all in the same box. Ugh. And what a Patriots, box that is. And then Patriots Raiders. Ugh. That's the box that Brad Pitt opens at the end of seven. <laughs>
3: That's
2: what that box is. The box of death. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Boxes. Uh, listen, I, um, I I just, I, I'm on board with C.J. Stroud. But this game kind of scares me a little bit for him. You know, the Saints defensively have actually done a pretty good job. I think they're giving up 15 points a game. Uh I don't think they're still a very good team. But I got suckered in by the Texans last week. And, Joe, those wounds, they're still open. They're still open. I was and on I am the Texans gonna, last week as well. Yeah, I am not going to jump back in. I'm not ready to be hurt again by the Houston Texans.
3: I will. I'll go back to the well. Houston's been feisty. They show up. They hit. They, they lack talent, but they're at home here. Uh, I think they had back-to-back road games, if memory serves. I might be off on that by a bit if I'm going too far back on that Jacksonville game, but whatever. I, Saints off a huge win in New England. I think they're overvalued. Saints lose this game.
2: Patriots and Raiders. Because we're contractually obligated, um, <laughs> I honestly, I think the Patriots are going to lose this game. I, this is... You know what this is, Joe? After losing 72 to 3 the last two weeks, this right here, bottoming out. Oof. This is bottoming out. If the Raiders, whose defense, Joe, I I keep pointing this out, is better than it has been. It's better than it has been. If the Raiders defense remotely shows up, I think this has got a chance. It's not gonna be 38 to 3 again. That's not going to happen. But I do think the Raiders could win a 24-10 type game here. I expect the Patriots to lose in Las Vegas. I think this is the buy
3: low spot on New England. I would take the points. I've got the Raiders losing this game. Remember, what's the ceiling for the Raider offense? They haven't scored 20 points in a game all season long. You're right. Defense has been much better than expected or predicted before the season started. I think Max Crosby might be the most underrated defensive player in the NFL. Like, seriously, when you watch him in a standalone Island game, he is fantastic. And then no one talks about him again, and he gets mixed up in the shuffle of the games when the Raiders are playing at the same time as everybody else. Crosby's a beast. He's an absolute beast, but for some reason, he just does not get the proper credit he deserves. I wish more people paid attention to what he was doing, but ultimately, I think the low ceiling of the Raider offense, goodbye low spot on New England being embarrassed two weeks in a
2: row. I would take the Pats here. McDaniels two and zero against Belichick. I'm not comfortable with like any of those. I know. Were were
3: any of those Lockadini's for you? No.
2: God. No. Tough card this weekend. Gonna have to make make hay in the UFC and uh, with the college card. Well, I'm counting on you to do that because our relationship is going to dissolve the second you really consistently pick losers. A World Series (laughs) champion. Listen, I'm just being straight up. I appreciate the honesty. Absolutely. A World Series champion tells us why one perennial playoff team just can't seem to get over the hump. That's next. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
6: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza, better because it has to be. Swing and a drive. Right field. Way back.
5: And gone. Oh, baby, did he crush it. Harris back. Back some more near the wall. Gone. Just to the left. Center field and Bryce Harper has done it again.
6: Was there any motivation? Anytime anybody says something, right? That's what it's all about. Did you enjoy staring them down. Yeah, I man, I stared right at him. Yeah.
2: This guy has always been one of my favorites, Joe. Intentional talk, awesome show on MLB Network. MLB Network analyst Kevin Millar joins us right now. MLB Network has live pre- and post-game coverage for every postseason game, and you can check out Kevin on Intentional Talk with Sierra Santos and Ryan Dempster. They're going to be live from the World Series, and Kevin Millar joins us right now. Uh, Kevin, it's Chris and Joe. I've never had the chance to talk to you, but just first of all, thank you as a true Yankee hater in every way. As a guy that actually sat through that ball sailing past me in Yankee Stadium as Aaron Boone hit it in 3 to see what happened in 2004. Oh, it just brings so much warmth to my heart to see the Yankees and their fan base in pain. So thank you.
5: Thank you, and thank you. I didn't realize we were family members. We're family members for life, because no matter what, Sox Nation, that's what we are. So thank you for <laughs> Eh, not liking the Yankees at that moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a Red Sox fan, but I'll take that. We are all, that day, we were all Red Sox fans, Kevin. I, I'm curious if we could start here. From what we saw from Bryce Harper last night, you know, I, I, we hear from Travis Darno after the game about how, you know, Arcia's comments where he's joking around should never leave the clubhouse, and it's the sanctity of the clubhouse. And then you see Bryce Harper kind of stare him down at second base. I'm, I'm just curious as to what your reaction to all of that would be.
5: It's funny because I lived this. I lived this in the minor leagues and Triple A, playing for the Calgary Cannons, and I popped off. To a buddy of mine who was our catcher named John Roscos, who's now a sheriff in Albuquerque, Mexico, and it's—I yelled across. The Marlins were struggling at this time; they were like seven and twenty. The big league club, we're the AAA affiliate at that time, and we're we might be twenty and seven. And we, you know, we hit a walk-up home run. I'm feeling my oath. I'm like, you call Peter Gammons and tell him that we'll play the big league club in a seven-game series, and the winner stays in the big leagues, right? Now, this is banter amongst boys club in the clubhouse. Well, guess what? It becomes a national story. It was minor league mouth off, Kevin Millar. I've got a, I've got a call from Dave Dombrowski, who was our general manager, and the manager, John Bowles, you need to tell Millar to shut his mouth. This <laughs> stuff happens. I will say that. It was a bad day for me. I'm thinking I'll never get called up in the big leagues. Oh my goodness gracious. But I had made no eye contact with a reporter and nothing to be put on paper. But there's a lot of smack talk in the clubhouse. It's banter. It's fun. And so where she does and says, thank you, Bryce, or whatever, Bryce, Bryce, that's okay, right? Now for it to become a national story, probably not okay. But this isn't why they lost the game. It was 10-2, to two, and the Braves need to figure out how to get Bryce Harper out and how to go ahead and, you know, this whole bulletin board stuff – you darn right Bryce Harper knew exactly what was going on. And you darn right this was up in their locker room. And that's what you call fun, good old banter from clubhouse to clubhouse. But Garcia wasn't doing anything, in my opinion, in, in, in a negative way and doing a, a bad article about Bryce Harper. I think everybody respects Bryce Harper, even when you're playing against them. And it was the same thing with Derek Jeter. I would teach my kids how to play the game like Derek Jeter and you respected Derek Jeter whether or not you wanted to go ahead and beat him that game that's that's how we roll. All right, so
3: here we go. Game 4, Phillies lead 2 games to 1. It's at the Bank later today. Spencer Strider going to take the mound for Atlanta to try to save the season. You've been a part of a lot of big-time environments at this time of year. Tell me about Citizens Bank Park and what that crowd can do. How much of an effect can a crowd like that have on a starting pitcher or guys as they're up at the dish trying to knock some some runs in?
5: I think Strider goes out and executes his stuff. His stuff plays. His fastball plays. His breaking ball plays. So no matter what, that's the best mute button that you have is when you have your horse who is a strikeout king. That's how you sit those fans down. To turn the page now, it is a tough place to play. Phillies have the best home record. They're going to be standing up the entire game. I remember last year, I was a little annoyed. I was about 10 rows back. I got some commissioner seats. I thought it was big time did intentional talk, got a chance to just watch the game. Well, these fans stand up the entire game. It's like one of those concerts that you're at an Elton John, Billy Joe concert. You want to just sit down and enjoy the song where everybody's standing up and you can't see maybe your knees or your feet get a little tired. That's how they roll in Philadelphia. And that's what makes this city so good and the home field advantage. And in baseball, I will say this, this isn't like your first and goal at the goal line and you've got 100,000 people where you're trying to get an audible off to Peyton Manning and a slant pass to Marvin Harrison. That, that's not what it's like. But it does, you know, allow your mind to go a little faster in the execution process as far as just taking a deep breath when you're a visiting player because it's loud and they're hyped and any ball three walk, here we go, right? So as a player and the great ones, like I mentioned, Derek Jeter will use them as an example or the Tom Brace they have the ability to slow this game down and put your heart rate at a normal pace, if that makes sense. Philly's a tough place to play. Braves got to go ahead and match up with those fans, and I think smith is the guy that they want on that mound to do so.
2: Kevin Millar, World Series champion, MLB Network, intentional talk every day. Uh, joining us, it's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Kevin, why have the Dodgers not been able to get over the hump other than in the COVID-shortened season?
5: Yeah, it's interesting, right? It's about the teams playing the best at the right time. You saw the Diamondbacks coming down the stretch the last 10 games. They started playing really good baseball. That's what makes the postseason so awesome. Now, I'll tell you this, scoreboards, spin rates, launch angles, all the stuff that were blah, 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 blah. And when you're coming down to play – postseason baseball, isn't it refreshing to watch the game of baseball at this time of the year where everybody's playing the game to win? There's no one playing the game for their brand. There's no one playing the game for their finances and all their average and all the stats. They're playing the game to win. And one thing about Torrey Lavello and this club, you can say what you want. They started playing really good baseball. You saw the Phillies start playing really good baseball, scrappy little club. So these wild card teams and these teams coming in to fight, you got to come in to fight. The Rangers played terrible a month prior to these playoffs. I mean, they couldn't get anybody out in the back end of their bullpen, right? And all of a sudden, the last few days, you saw them coming on in, and they had to go in there and, you know, go right into Tampa and come right into, you know, doing all their stuff. That's where the Diamondbacks, I think, the Dodgers, they just kind of matched up with the wrong club. And Toy LaBelle and these Diamondbacks, they came in hot and scrappy, and you felt that, how they had to beat a scrappy Brewers team.
2: All right, we're having Poppy on next hour. David Ortiz, give me your best Poppy story, and what can we ask him that will catch him completely off guard?
5: All right, well, there's nothing better than seeing Poppy in his underwear with a sleeveless tank top on, (laughs) him standing on the chair, listening to Eminem when we had Lose Yourself. That was our theme song in 04. Every every win we had, you'd see Poppy up there with his hands up. And listen, I want you to tell him that Millar said – before he was rich, he was an average-looking guy, okay? It's not a tick <laughs> below average-looking. So then when he became rich, he, he said, I'm not good-looking, but he would give the money sign. He said, but I'm handsome. So he's turned into a really handsome gentleman now, sharp-dressed guy, since he's gotten wealthy. So you just tell him, Millar said that you were a four before you got rich, and now he's a ten. he's clean, he smells good, he's got great jewelry, he's matching,
2: Big poppy, one of my favorites. Awesome stuff. Kevin, we appreciate it. MLB <laughs> Network has live pre and post game coverage every postseason game. And Kevin on intentional talk with Sierra Santos and Ryan Dempster. It is funny. It is a great watch. It's going to be live for the World Series. Kevin, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. I always appreciate you guys. Kevin Millar, part of that 04 uh, Red Sox World Series team. That was, I mean, just seeing a team come back from 03 was stunning and he was one of the leaders of that team as we know
3: i um i was in san diego in school and i had a roommate who was a yankee fan when this played out and the day of game seven he skipped all his classes he was just on the phone with all of his friends all day long as they were trying to talk each other through it because they all knew what was coming and then we went out that night to watch it and then what happened happened Wow. Like, it, 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 he was completely beside himself throughout the day, and it was just a disaster in the evening. As a Philly fan, as an impartial observer, fantastic to watch.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. As a Yankee <laughs> hater, I had a chance to go to that game. Mad Dog Russo offered me a ticket to go, and I turned it down because I had been there the year before for Aaron Boone, and I did not want to have my hopes dashed in such <laughs> devastating fashion. <laughs>
0: When, so, do you, you regret come back that from to this three day? games to none,
2: right? Do you, I, you regret that to this day? I do. <laughs> I do. I should have had a little more faith that that was going to collapse. And as, as soon as Javier Vasquez gives up a grand slam to uh, Johnny Damon, my friends are all calling me, yelling, It's happening! It's <laughs> happening! Carla versus Joe, ESPN radio. Oh, you know what? It's time. For. Must be here for the uh, trivia
6: challenge.
1: Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I
6: love
1: trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer.
2: All right. Last couple weeks, we have not fared all that well. Joe did not have any logistical problems with the questioning no. uh, last week, so I give him credit for that. Let us get to this week's Hembo Hammer question.
4: All right, boys, it's hammer time. Uh, the league championship series are almost upon us. That raises this question Who has the most? Career hits in baseball's league championship series, most hits in the LCS. Good luck.
3: Mm. Interesting question. Well, well phrased, Hembo. Again, well phrased. Yep. I, I am. I am. I am impressed. That's two weeks in a row. I don't see any ambiguities there. I don't see any reason why certain answers might not be accepted. It feels as if he was really knocking that out of park there.
2: Yeah. Okay. We will ruminate on that, and we will return with an answer for the Hembo Hammer. In moments on ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
0: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
6: Go to Shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com slash network. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge.
1: Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question?
6: Oh, I love trivia.
4: What's up, boys?
2: It's hammer time. hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. We could be facing some litigation. Uh, with the intro to the Hebbo Hammer just moments ago heard from Hank Azaria who of course does the does the uh, voice of Mo as many others on The Simpsons and he said I just heard that intro you now owe me $4.7 million <laughs> <laughs> to which I said well we'll we'll see if we can Get you connected with ESPN Legal and see where that goes. Lost in the
3: uh, lost in the joke there. Get out the steel-toed boots with you dropping all the names. I know,
2: <laughs> I know. Look at me. I I move with the movers and shakers. That's what I do. And you when I say are a and- New York <laughs> debutante. <laughs> And when I am moving, I am certainly shaking. (laughs) (laughs) A mover and a jiggler. (laughs) That's right. Instead of the American gigolo, they call me the American jiggle. It's Carla versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Let us replay the Hembo Hammer question for you.
4: All right, boys, it's Hammer Time. Uh, The League Championship Series are almost upon us. That raises this question. Who has the most career
2: hits? in baseball's league championship series. Moose sits in the LCS. Good luck. Okay. Uh, there are a few names that come to mind. Uh, first of all, you have to think about all the Yankees of the 90s and 2000s. You have to think about Jeter, right? You have to think about Bernie Williams. You got to think about the Red Sox in there, too. I'm waffling right now between Jeter and Manny Ramirez. Cheater and Manny Ramirez. Can I throw a suggestion out there as well? Yeah, of course.
3: David Ortiz is scheduled to join us in a little bit on this show. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Should we should we give Hembo the credit to not try to slide this one past us where the answer is Ortiz and then we get it wrong and then we have him on the show and we look like complete buffoons? Do this could think- be a setup.
2: Do you think that Hembo knew that we were going to be having David Ortiz on?
3: No chance. There is no chance Hembo
0: knows our guest list.
3: Okay. Then, that, then please strike from the record everything I just said. you have any, any other thoughts about who it might be? First thing comes to mind is obviously you need volume like you're talking about. I'm seeing how Houston is going to the LCS for the seventh consecutive oh, year. True. So oh, I'm boy. not sure if Hembo trying to keep it relative. So Altuve was going to be my guess. I'll go with Altuve. You can lay out nine or ten, and then if you get one, you can say you had it. Because I know this little trick you try to pull every week. No, it's
2: not a little trick. I'm just giving you the two guys I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm thinking of three guys. All right. Who are the three guys? You got Jeter. Jeter, Manny Ramirez, and Bernie
3: Williams. Okay. And you want to stay with those as your final three, and then you're going to give us your final selection.
2: I'm going to go Manny Ramirez. All right. Because the Yankee thing feels too obvious that Hembo would try to hit us with. Okay. And you want to go Altuve. I'm going to go Altuve just because I think he's going to play recent. It's the seventh
3: straight year. They're in the, a- the LCS. That's just my guess. Baseball, not my forte. I'm going to be completely honest. When okay. it comes to trivia, baseball of all the sports, not my forte. All right. Let's Unless, find I out. Correct- right. Unless I get this the right. Unless I get this right, then I'm a genius.
2: All right. Well, <laughs> I just you're want already to make that a clear. genius. We've already established that. Well, thank you. It's very you're- kind. Here we go. As long as you keep making me money. Here is the answer to the question.
4: The correct answer is Manny Ramirez. Oh! 59 oh. hits in the LCS. Oh! And Derek Jeter with 58.
2: Derek Nicely Jeter Nicely done. Two.
4: And Bernie was number three.
2: And Bernie's number three?
6: Correct. Who's number me. two?
2: Jeter. You got them
3: all. Look at me. You, I'm going to tell you what right now, Every minute you stay on air from now until the end of your life is a huge mistake because you will not ever replicate what just happened on this show. That's that's the peak. I hope you understand you just reached the pinnacle of both career and life, my friend.
2: But you know what? I got to tell you, like once you said Altuve, I'm like, oh, God, he's might be right. It doesn't matter. Tuve
4: has 39. So going into this LCS, he has 39 hits, and the top at Manny is 58. So he's still behind.
2: Manny's at the top with 58 hits. Thank
3: you, Hanman. We know the basics of 59, arithmetic me,
4: 59. <sighs>
3: in terms of 58 versus 39. We have that. Thank you.
2: Is is Hanman becoming the show pia- pinata? No. I think Hanman is actually perhaps the most
3: of clever candy. of everyone. He, yeah. sli- he knows when to slide it in. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's only 39, and, you know, Manny is 58, so, you know, 39 less than 58, you idiots, just so you know.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's, a, that's great work by you, though. To nail all three, you usually throw three out there, and then you might not have any of them. You got all three, and you picked the right one. Now, if you had named all three and picked the wrong one, you feel terrible right now.
2: Well, you got to feel great. Yeah, that's what happened the last couple of weeks is I had two choices, and I went with the wrong one, and it turned out to be the other guy. Listen, the only reason I know that is because I was buried in New York sports in the 90s. And and the Red Sox were always a part of it. So that's why I had any clue right there. Otherwise, you know, I'm just sitting here loser again, which I'll resume.
1: This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.